Hey crew, back on the podcast today, I've got Joe Davis joining me, so I'll let you introduce yourself. You've been on before, but um, for the new listeners. Uh, yep, so Joe Davis, I run a business called Proper Fitness Academy, uh, online coaching and one-on-one training at Revo and Maya Ree. And we're here to chat shit again. Yeah, uh, as usual. <laughs> cover some topics. I said to Cash before I got here that I'd like to just talk a little bit about sort of client expectations and people that compare themselves to other people on Instagram, how it can affect mental health. Um, and just, yeah, go down the rabbit hole on that a little bit and just clear up some issues, I guess. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, for the people that don't know, you uh, you run uh, Proper Fitness Academy. Yeah. Um, you just recently started speaking to um, classes as well for yeah, Fit College. Yeah, College, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That was my biggest conquer for the week, was uh, conquering a fear of public speaking. So I had 10... Uh, students in the class and just went in and told them how to set up an online business and how to streamline a service which you know it's not stuff that you get taught when you're going through your cert three and four and I thought you know if someone had taught me this before I'd graduated I could have set up a business a lot quicker yeah (laughs) whereas that you know you have to go through all the fucking shit where you're like printing out people's programs from excel spreadsheets and carrying clipboards and bits of paper around the gym and so I went in and I was just like use an app, like do this, like streamline the service. But maybe when we graduated, that stuff didn't exist. But yeah, it was good. Gave myself a pat on the back. Now I'm ready to do some more public speaking events. Love it, man. All right, let's dive into it. So um, one of the issues that we probably both face is clients and their expectations of what they can get, right? Mm. Um, That's a big thing, especially with probably more so um, the female type clientele where they come and go, can you make me look like Lauren Simpson? It's like, well, you're not Lauren Simpson. Um, and it's like, if you haven't looked that way all your life, it's going to be difficult to get to that point. Um, you have much experience with this? Yeah. And exactly that. And yeah, men and, men and women, like, you know, people like, I want to look like Chris Hemsworth. I want to look like this person. It's like, like you just said, you know, someone like, let's take Chris Hemsworth as an example, you know, genetically gifted, A. Yeah. B. There's a reason why he's Thor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. B, probably been training since he was 15 you know and someone coming to you when they're 35 going i've never trained before but i want to look like this in 12 months time it's like you're probably going to struggle a little bit (laughs) so let's just get you being the best version of you rather than trying to become someone else which is you know the top one percent of the genetic pool like you know what i mean so similar with girls and yeah lauren simpson or whatever they're sort of trying to compare themselves to it's like you know, I often find people are looking at people that are n- living nothing like they're living. So it's like, if you're, uh, you know, a female, for example, that's had three kids, you know, you're just getting into training in your late thirties and stuff. Don't look at the 21 year old on Instagram who has been a gymnast her entire life since she was eight years old. And now she's just put on a bit of muscle and she's just, you know, there's just two, it's just apples and oranges. You can't compare the two. So like, that's where I think people can get misled because they're like, anything's possible. So I want to look like that, but it's, it's just not the best way to approach it. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's not realistic too. Look, like if this is what I say to on the opposite end of it, right? If there's a, there's a female who's weighed around 50 kilos all her life and she's been, you know, really lean, um, there's a good chance when you start bumping up a calorie, she's still going to be really, really lean. Yeah. Um, on the opposite end of that, again, if you've got someone who's been overweight all their life, trying to get them to be, you know, 10% body fat is just, it's probably not going to happen. 
like in the long run, unless they take some very serious measures and reevaluate their entire life. So it's yeah. like, you got to look at those two things. Like, where is your body being the longest? Because it's always going to revert back to that at some point. So And your habits are going to take you back there. Like your subconscious sort of programming is kind of taking you to that point. Yeah. Often. So, yeah. and that's again where the expectations come in. It's like, you know, I often, and like another sort of thing I sort of deal with regularly is people expecting to have this like the best possible results with minimal change to their current lifestyle so they're not you know they're not accepting the cost that's involved to get that result so you know you might be following someone on instagram that's prepping for a physique contest and you know they're just getting leaner and leaner and leaner and leaner and on instagram it looks like they're just living their best life but in reality they're sacrificing a fuck ton of stuff Pleasure. to get the things there that we would do with friends and family they yeah don't do yeah. yeah. So when you're happy living your life where you drink every weekend and you enjoy, you know, not tracking on weekends and having time with your partner and your friends and stuff, you can't then look at someone who's prepping for a physique comp and get down about yourself because you're not looking like that after training five days a week. You're both training five days a week, but they're doing so much more on the back end, which yeah. is like so much more of a sacrifice and a cost to get to that point that you're not yet prepared to do, so you can't expect that result without that level of sacrifice and cost. So that's the other thing. When you sit down with someone and they've got all these high expectations, it's like the higher the expectation, the higher the cost and the sacrifice. So you have to kind of just talk them through that and be like, but do you love your life? Yes. And you're training four times a week. You're loving your weekends. You enjoy camping and doing all these other things and having a few drinks and not tracking on weekends. Yes, yes, yes. So if you love your life, just accept that current level of body fat that you're kind of sitting at. And I'm not saying that you have to accept being overweight. You can get to a very nice point, but it's just not that extra, extra, extra lean that everyone thinks is possible whilst maintaining this social life and all this other stuff. It's just, yeah, that's something that I deal with quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And look, if, if someone really wanted to know what it's like to be that person, go hang out with them for a day. Yeah. Like, literally go spend a full day with them go hey I'm just going to come follow you around to see what you do all day to see if I can do this there's a good chance 90% of the things they do that you won't do mm. um, you won't have time for and like what's the main excuse if you said to someone hey um, I want you to go hang out with one of my clients who's actually in this condition so you can find out what she does the very first answer would be I don't have time mm. it's like okay you don't have time to invest to learn what someone does don't expect to get the same tools and do the same job because I'm going to give you the same tools. I always say that to people. Like, I give every single client, regardless of whether they're prepping for a comp, uh, powerlifting comp, their general well-being, I give them the exact same tools, the exact same knowledge, the exact same tension. The only difference is how they apply it and when mm. they have got the discipline and time to apply it, right? Mm. And that's where I think a lot of people get confused is, um, you know, with Instagram is you're seeing people's best shots, um, best angles they're you know eating high calories um, very rarely you see someone breaking down crying because I fucking had a meltdown in the middle of the day because you know their weight's gone up 500 grams or mm. something it's like being a from a coaching perspective right you look at that and you look at how you can teach that something you can't it has mm. to be learned it has to be gone through an action exactly yeah. and that and that's where the the trickery is with all the facade of the Instagram so yeah, people just get misled. I think, um, like you said, people don't want to invest that amount of time into this. So, you know, I think you have to just come to a level of compromise in your head where you're like, well, I'm happy 
I'm better than I've been and I'm super happy with where I'm at. So, you know, if it's like me looking at bodybuilders that are just jacked and shredded, they're doing things that I'm not prepared to do. So I'm not going to look at them and go, oh, poor me. My delts aren't as, as like striated as theirs yeah. in my chest. <laughs> it's like, I, I know what's involved to get to that lean. I can look at it and go, well done, mate. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, or even, you know, someone like Max that we both know, he does stuff that I'm not prepared to do to get to where he's at. So it's yeah. like, I can't look at him and go, you also oh, have that. He- more hours in the day than both of us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you're not following Max, go and follow him. But yeah, yeah he's it's, a great guy. It's, um, it's like he does stuff that I'm not prepared to do to get to that level. So it's like I can't compare myself to him because I'm just like fucking fair play. He does that. Or like even like yourself, fair play, yeah. you do that. Yeah. It's like I don't sit around going, oh, well, they're doing all that and I'm not enough. It's like, I'm just happy with what I'm currently doing and the level of body fat I'm at and the level of strength I'm at and it's what I can commit at this current point in my life around my other commitments of having a relationship, of having a business, of of all these other things. And I think that's what people forget is you might be admiring someone that's got, like you said, 12 more hours in the day than you. No yeah, kids. Work-wise, like, you know, yeah. they, might have a, they might have a nine to five A flexible, schedule. Yeah, a flexible yeah. schedule, yeah. So if you've got someone that's a CEO of a business, they've got 15 employees to care about, they've got a family with three kids at home to care about, they've, they're running on five and a half and a hours sleep. Yeah, they've got a wife. And, you know, they can't look at someone that's, you know... 20 and they might be you know 40 and they're looking at someone that's 20 that's got all the time in the world to prep all their meals perfectly weigh it all out and do all this stuff and train more frequently with more intensity because they can sleep 10 hours a night whereas they're only getting five hours a night it's like you can't compare yourself to these things you just have to appreciate that wow look at that person achieving those things but when you appreciate someone else's success don't then turn it into a negative on your own effort if that makes sense because i feel like that happens a lot you know people can't appreciate someone else's transformation or something without then flipping it quickly and like, I'm not good enough. It's like, you, you can appreciate someone else's success without doubting your own level of success. 100%. That, you know, it really comes back to um, how well you're going to approach your goals, right? Um, if you're going to approach it with a mindset like, I kind of want this, I kind of want to look like that, I'm kind of going to do this, then you're never really going to get a result out of it. If you come in there and go, you know, I'm going to leave no stone unturned. Um, I'm going to work it around my job. I'm going to work it around my life. I'm going to make this work. Because there's people that do, right? There's mm. people that do it with kids and a family. And a yeah, business, yeah, for sure. And they hit it hard. Yeah, it comes at a sacrifice of time and spending time with loved ones. It comes at a sacrifice of, you know, having no energy and being, uh, being exhausted. Like, that's all part of it. And mm. I think that's probably a common thing I get from people who... Um, Come in wanting to lose weight, which is probably the biggest goal we have, right? Mm. Um, lose weight, get stronger, look meaner, leaner, etc. Mm. Um, I always say to people, if you want to lose weight, you have to be hungry. That's it. Like, it's that simple. You can't go to bed full every night expecting to lose weight. That's not how it works. If you want to put on weight on the opposite end, you have to go to bed very full every night. You're going to feel like you want to vomit after meals. That is normal. People are like, oh, it's so much food. I think Max actually did a post on this where he's like, you know, the, the average gym bro is like, oh man, I can't put on weight. I've been like, I've been, I've been, I don't know, what's a, 60 kilos of like as a guy. He's like, oh, I've been 60 kilos forever. And it's like, okay, have you tried doubling your calories? He's like, what's a calorie? And it's like, well, let's start there and start uh, tracking some calories and get some food in. Um, yeah, and it amazes people 
the amount of effort required, not just in the gym, but everywhere else that um, you've got to put in. Yeah, yeah, and that's, again, it's all, like you said, how much do you want? So the, the result you're expecting, how much are you willing to put in to get that result? Um, and it's funny, Max's post today, I messaged him about that because I said to him, it's, it's almost like that there's a, this, we're living in a world of opposites. The, the, the guys that want to bulk up that can't always claim to be eating like so many calories yeah. and the people that want to lose weight that can't always claim to be in ah oh, I just I don't eat anything so I'm, I'm confused it's like we're living in this world of yeah. opposites it's like um, yeah it's just an interesting psychoanalysis thing going oh, on oh mate it's, it's a people you know it's, it sounds a bit harsh but it's the same sort of people that will point the finger at someone else and go why them why not me or like why has this happened to me it's like if you stop and just have a good conversation with yourself and be honest, it's like, are you eating like a fat piece of shit? Yes, you are. So don't expect to not look like a fat piece of shit. Like, that's it. It's that simple, right? Cash's honesty. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Cash's honesty <laughs> channel. You can't eat like an absolute knob and expect to look like Chris Hemsworth, right? You've got you to put the work in. And same on the other hand, if you're, if you're a male and you've got a set of nuts, and you're not you're eating and saying you're full and not putting more food in your mouth. You need to harden up and just shuffle that fucking food down, <laughs> eh? <laughs> you just need to suck it up, eh? <laughs> because I, I, what I think people don't understand is that, like you said, in order to lose weight, sometimes you have to go hungry. Yet people freak out the minute they feel hungry and think, you know, that, that yeah, <laughs> you know, like one one, to death. <laughs> one thing I did eight years ago, which I actually, you know, I wouldn't recommend people do this, but I did a three day juice cleanse and I've done this before. Yeah. And yeah. one thing it actually taught me, which is really valuable is that you're not going to die when you feel a bit hungry. And cause I was one of those people, I was like, fuck, I'm hungry. All right now, you know, and then, then people like use it as an excuse to get angry at everyone and stuff. It's like, oh no, I'm just hangry. And it's like, you're just a prick. You actually can just ride through that. And about 25 minutes later, you're not hungry anymore. It's just, it's like hunger comes in peaks and troughs. I think people think it's a never ending climb and you just end up completely ravenous, but it's not, it just, your, your hunger hormones are going to kick in probably just based off your eating schedule. And then they rise and then they fall and then they rise and then they fall. And if you just ride out that rise, it falls again. And you're like, ah, I had a coffee and now I'm fine again. But, um, I lost track of what I was saying, but yeah, your juice cleanse. So going hungry. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So one of the most valuable things it taught me was that, you know, at the end of day one, I was fucking starving. Um, just because around dinner time I would have got another rise in hunger and it was like the fourth one I'd had that day with no food. And then, but I slept fine. And then middle of day two, I was like hungry again. And then by the end of day two, I was like, I could just do this forever. Like it's just like your body adapts. It's just like, ah, actually and then I was going through day three and I was like I actually don't need food anymore like this is weird like it's just like your body just goes oh yeah I've adapted now I get that you know the hunger peaks and troughs are going to change and yeah it was just it was just a really interesting eye-opening experience because I hear it a lot where it's just like yeah but I was just really hungry and I had to eat at that moment in time it's like you didn't no you actually (laughs) don't like you can actually and I'm coming from someone that eats you know 4,000 plus calories a day I know that if I'm a little bit hungry on a Sunday and I've just chosen not to eat, it's just going to pass. And then a few hours later, the hunger will come back. And it's just like, you actually don't need to eat then. <laughs> yeah. Like hunger, hunger is what drives us in any direction we want to go. You know, whether it's hunger to not be in pain or hunger to be in pain, or if it's a hunger to succeed in something, or if it's just general hunger, like 
I love being hungry because I get the most done. Like, oh, it's not hungry as in actually hungry. Oh, really? Because I'll, I'll like tap into a whole nother, almost like go into a trance and just, just like use that to fuel me in whatever I'm doing. <sighs> like, I'm just like, it's like a bit, of, a bit more aggression. Cause yeah, right. Edge and I'm like, I need to eat. I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to work. <laughs> I'm, <just> like, <laughs> I'm going to a trance and work for like six hours. And if hours I get straight. this workout <laughs> quickly, then I can eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I started chewing on my hand. <laughs> Just a sucker for punishment. <laughs> nah, but like, yeah, so, uh, on that note, like hunger is what will drive you. So if you really, really want it, you gotta, you got to tap into that, not just on a physical level, but on a mental level mm. as well and be okay being comfortable because a lot of people aren't okay with being uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, so We yeah. live a very comfy life. We live a very sheltered life. Mm. And this is why people get offended if you say the word fuck. And it's like it's not that bad and same as if you know the how people get upset with other people on Instagram for as you said posting a transformation post it's mm. like oh don't post that it's bad for our bodies and our that mental health me, it's like yeah. don't fucking follow me it's like fuck what is yeah, wrong I, with you I think you? you get it more than anyone oh mate I do I, I just like my block list goes on and on and on <laughs> I just keep like because I always see like screenshots of conversations from someone messaging you like that yeah. you're a cunt or you did that yeah, and you're yeah. like goodbye I'm like you can go and follow me now yeah but, oh it's ridiculous because people get so tuned up on on something they saw that triggered them and then they have to take time out of their day to come message me to tell me about how they're feeling I'm like. I don't even give a fuck if you're alive, let alone the fact that you messaged me. What? I couldn't give a fuck. Like, absolutely could not give a fuck what yes. you do with your life. But thank you for coming and messaging me. You can't follow me now. That's how you can change yours. <laughs> it's an interesting mindset, and I've always wondered that, because I, I always, you know, I'll lose followers daily and yeah. weekly. and I lose you about know. 50 on average a week. Yeah, it just goes up just and down, and I'm sure it's like everyone. Yeah. Um, and... I often know that when I'm about to post a client's progress and I'm about to celebrate the hard work someone's done, I know that I'm going to get a drop in followers and I just, I can just predict it now, but I'm yeah. not going to stop doing it because like I get that for some people it might be triggering, but that's where I go, well, what is it about someone else's success that's upsetting you? That shouldn't be a trigger. You know, I can watch a video of um, Elon Musk talking about how he's earned billions of dollars. Rocket to the moon. Yeah, I, I, I don't, like, I don't like, go. Oh, I should probably stop with life now because I'm not <laughs> doing enough. Exactly. Like, Calm down. But I use it as inspiration. It's like a fuel. It's like, well, if one fucking person can do it, then yeah. I could do that. Or yeah. you know, I see someone squat three hundred kilos. I'm like, well, if one person can do it, then I can fucking do it. I'm just another person. So it's like. I think you just got to, with that triggering mindset, it's just so damaging because I think people have got to flip it and go, and it's, I'm not saying that, you know, it's, it's kind of going against what we said earlier about like, don't strive to be someone else. But if, if one person can put in the work to achieve something where they're completely happy with what they've done, then you can also do that for your version of that. I'm not saying that, you know, because that person is now shredded with abs that you can also become that. It's just like, find your version of that. If they're happy, like basically all I'm doing when I put someone up is go, wow, this person asked for the information, they put the information to use to the best of their abilities, and then they got the result that we both expected they would get if they took the information I gave them and put it to good use. And so, you know, what I'm saying is, you can do that too. If you come on board with 100% commitment to just take the information and put it to good use, uh, to the best of your abilities, then you can also achieve something where you're 
now in a different state, place, mindset, whatever it is. And so for someone to get triggered by that, it just confuses me a little bit because what I would look at that and go, fuck, that person changed their life and that person changed their life. So I could change mine if I just, you know, put in the work as well. I, I use it as inspiration. Like It's like yeah. I've, I've always followed people that are stronger than me or people that are richer than me or people that are more successful or people that are doing public speaking because I want to get inspired to fucking step out of my own comfort zone, comfort zone yeah. and go and do it. So I'll, I'll follow these people and be like, that person's talking on stage, that person's talking to a room full of people, that person's doing it, that person's just run a workshop. And yeah, it makes me go, mate, step up, step up. It's like a little finger in my chest. And so I use it as like, thank you for, thank you for showing me all your little Great public hunger. speaking things. Yeah, because that's, yeah. that's it. Whereas I could go, oh, I'm going to unfollow all these people because they reminded me of how shit I am at public speaking. It's like, yeah, I think you've got to flip it and go, fuck, they're all doing it. Why can't I do it? Like, I've got to just step up and fucking rise to the challenge. Like, yeah, that's how I think they should look at it. <laughs> so, I love that. That's yeah. so cool. Like, you know, we're both someone that has a fair few amount of followers on Instagram. So in some way, the stuff we post, we have some sort of responsibility to educate people on some level. And I think James Smith did a video just the other day really well. It's like those people that are pointing the finger and going, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't swear or you shouldn't post that. It's like they will never pay you for your services. Don't try post to those people. Yeah. Post, and I purely only post now, and this has changed my business dramatically in the sense of the type of people I train in. About the last two-year period, I went from posting what I thought I had to post to try to get clients to just posting what my clients want to see which is usually just me in pain or another client in pain. That's it, mm. real basic stuff. Um, you know, I don't have time to do the whole, uh, a long post about details into why insulin affects fat mm. loss or why carbohydrates like low or high glycemic carbs are better around training mm. or nighttime or morning. It's like, I don't have time for that. What I do have time for is to do what I do every single day, which is just train people mm-hmm. um, and train myself. That's pretty much my whole life. Mm. In between are some pretty ugly meals, which I don't post because I'm complaining boring as fuck it's just another like, plate of brown shit oh, right. yeah, like my food's so boring people go oh what do you eat I'm like the most boring shit you can ever imagine they're like how do you eat it every day it's like I make it taste good that's it like, barbecue sauce barbecue sauce <laughs> bit of balsamic bit of salt fucking just sprinkle it on <laughs> off I go but um, yeah you don't need to overcomplicate things and that's what I think with social media coming back to it is that you are in 100% control of who you follow. If you don't like what you see on your feed and it makes you feel upset, unfollow all that. Like, don't follow people. Like, if you look at my following list, I think I follow like 700 people or something, which is a lot. But the ones that I actually see in my feed are the ones I want to see in my Mm. feed because I interact with them. If I don't like someone that pops up in my feed, I block it or I unfollow it. It's as Mm. simple as that because... If I look at something and it puts me in a mindset of um, a pre, you know, example of this would be uh, when you go for a breakup mm, and you see mm. a friend post something of a friend that and your ex is involved. That used to make you feel me, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would just go through and unfollow anyone that was associated or have any sort of association mm. with it because that, for me, Instagram is a business mm. and I need to be in a mindset of doing that for business 
and not looking at it from a personal perspective or letting emotion control what I'm doing in that yeah. space and area, right? Yeah. So I think it's really important to one, use social media as a tool and understand what tool you're actually using it for. Are you using it so you get motivation, inspiration? Mm. Are you using it for business? Mm. Or are you using it purely just to hate on everyone? It's like, whichever one it is, just own it. It's so true. And um, touching on that, my partner recently just got tired of seeing her Instagram feed because it wasn't inspiring her anymore because, you know, all these platforms become quite political. They become quite charged. There's people like, this is incorrect and that's incorrect and this is why I'm right and this is why I'm right. So she, she's like, you know what? I'm going over to Pinterest. Now she spends all night on Pinterest because it's just full of images of shit that Chris she loves. Work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like golden retrievers and nice houses. And it's just like, that's her inspiration though so it's like you know there's a there's a platform out there that will you know if you want to spend time on stuff there's there'll be a platform that suits you and there's another friend i know that's like i spend all my time on tiktok now because it's just light-hearted it's humor funny shit, and it's just like it makes me feel good so um you know you gotta be mindful around it but i also get people to ask like why is it like obviously it's different you know, if, if it's friends of exes and stuff, yeah, you probably just don't need that while you're trying to grieve and get over that. But, you know, you might come back to them later on when you've moved on and you can look at it without it creating that emotional response. But I also think, like, you got to ask yourself, why is that triggering you? And is it because, you know, let's say, for example, it, it's me and I see someone... <laughs> benching 160 and I've always had this goal to bench 160 or whatever and then I get triggered and upset by seeing all these powerlifters benching 160 plus you send me a message like cash stop <laughs> posting that I don't like the fact that you're benching two girls yeah. right now I'm really upset can you please take it down but I could, I'm going to have to unfollow you exactly and that's it so I could either yeah message you and say hey mate can you just adjust your content to suit <laughs> To suit my emotional well-being. <laughs> Literally, my reaction anytime sends me a message like that, just lose it. Like I sit there, just like trying not to piss myself laughing. It's like, hi, Cash. My bench is only one fifty. Could you please stop benching over one fifty for the next six months while I work on my goal? Or I could go, well, why is that triggering me? Is it is it poking me in the chest, saying you know you're not fucking committed enough to your training, and you know, and so that's why it's upsetting me. It's like seeing it is reminding me that I'm not trying hard enough with my training or I'm not focused enough on my sleep or my food or my recovery or I'm not like investing in a coach that can help me get there. So it's like, that's where I think a lot of triggers come from. It's just a little prod like, hey, you could be doing better. You could be doing better and you know it and that's why you're triggered. Like that's what I think. So I think when I get that triggering feeling, I sort of sit on it and I go, what yeah, maybe I could be doing better with my business. Maybe I should be out there public speaking. Maybe I should be doing more with this. And it's like, it's like almost like a little reminder, a kick up the ass, like, come on, man, fucking step up. Whereas, um, you know, the, like I said, the alternative could be just like, oh, hi, Cash, could you please stop posting that because it upsets me. It's like, no, actually step up and, and now go and try and do yeah. your best version of that. So, you know, I might not ever bench 160, but at least if I'm putting in 100% to get to where I get to, if I only ever get to 155 and I'm completely happy with all the effort I've put in, then seeing someone benching 175 isn't going to upset me because I know that I've done the best I can do to get to where I can get to, if that makes sense. And I think right. if you're doing your best, nothing really triggers you because you're kind of like, well, I'm doing what I can do so I can appreciate someone else's success when they're doing their best. And I'm happy with my level of success when I do my best. And so you're not really triggered anymore. That's how I see it anyway. 
I'm going to come from another angle on that. Mm. Um, love coming on angles. <laughs> <laughs> more of a more of a compassionate side, but look. <laughs> Lost it. <laughs> Can you yeah. remember where you were going? Oh, the, <laughs> it was dark. <laughs> um, look, the sort of people on, in general that get upset with other people on the internet, it's the same sort of thing, right? They're sitting at their desk eight or ten hours a day, working for someone else who's making probably ten to twenty times more annual salary than they are, go home to their not-so-great lifestyle, go with their friends, get drunk, come home, eat some shit food, open Instagram, see someone living their best life. I can understand why you'd be or upset. Or a version of their best or life. Or a version. The highlight they reel. See, they yeah, see the yeah. highlight reel, yeah, right? Yeah. So they come home and they're fucking depressed. Like they just spent the last, I don't know, let's say your average time you're working a job is between 10 to, uh, sorry, five, 10 years, right? You might have that career path where you're doing that job. You've been doing that for five, 10 years and deep down inside, you know you could be doing better. But you've done nothing, absolutely fucking nothing to try better your own situation. You're hopping the car every day, you go to your job, you hate your job, you go home, you hate your life, you drink to try to forget about the pain, you eat to try and numb the hangover, and when you're not drinking, you're eating shit food to try to make yourself feel better. And then try to make yourself feel better again, you message someone on Instagram or comment on a post to try bring them down to your level. Like I get that because I've been there. I've been down to a low level of life, right? I understand what it's like to be really in pain, but you've got two options when you're in pain. You got you can either use that pain to push you from where you are to where you want to be, or you can let that pain eat your life and eat everything around you that's positive, and which is what poisoning things. Yeah, yeah, because that's exactly what happens to people who sit there and feel the need to have to comment on someone else's content in a negative way. It's like anytime I get a comment, like if I get no messages from someone that's been following me for a long time, listening not a nil, and the only message they send me is to say something negative, it's a, it's a block. Mm. I don't even engage in conversation because I, I know where that person is mentally because I've been there. Mm. They just need they need to just drown in their own pain or, because or figure their way out. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Cause that's the only way you're going to get out of it. Like the pain's going to become so severe that you go, "All right, I need help from someone." who's done this before and you know most of the time they need to go see a therapist to take care of their mind on second to that they need to go see a personal trainer to help get their lifestyle back in track or a coach right so all these tools are there for everyone like there's so many tools out there for people that are unhappy and that's where a lot of this negativity comes from it just comes from people not being happy in their deep down everyday lifestyle yeah and it's it's getting to that point like you said there's always a point where the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change and that's the point when you actually choose to change and until you kind of get there I often talk about this with my clients it's like if you've been trying to get results for four months and you're not getting the results it's because you're still it's more painful to change for you right now than it is painful to stay exactly where you are it's more, you get more comfort out of kind of staying the same and kind of like ticking the box that you're trying than you you know, there's not just not enough pain to push you to go, fuck this, I'm not taking this anymore, I'm actually changing now. And, and it's, it's just this, that, like you said, that point, when, when you hit that point, I feel like things just snowball then. And it's, I've seen it with people and I was chatting to... Momentum. Yeah. Up or down. And yeah, exactly. And, and 
it's like the slight edge. There's a book called The Slight Edge, which is all about like the compound effect of your daily decisions. And yeah, either one, you either make positive ones or negative ones. And each time you make a negative, it just takes you further and further down. But if you keep making them, it the the growth of that negativity is just gets exponentially greater as you go on because the compound effect of all those decisions adding up. But the same happens if you start making more positive decisions. You know, one salad and one workout isn't going to change your physique but you know you do that single day yeah you do that 365 days of the year you're going to be somewhere miles away from where you were so two people do exactly take off on exactly the same day one person has a burger and a beer every day one person has a salad and a workout you know one day isn't going to make much of a difference between them seven days isn't going to make that much of a difference 14 days is going to make a slightly bigger difference but you know 750 days they're going to be worlds apart so it's like the the compound effect of those daily decisions um just start snowballing with momentum. And I think, yeah, people have to get to that point where the pain of staying exactly where they are and doing the same shit over and over has to get greater than the pain of change because there isn't an easy route. It's like change is scary and hard. Like, like I keep going back to, you know, me step, st- standing in front of that class to talk. It's fucking scary you and difficult. Could you No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, actually, I think I was naked. Hold on. <laughs> Maybe that's what well, happened. Like. Sorry, what are you giving me? <laughs> <laughs> I think I forgot to get dressed. I'm so nervous. Um, I actually did this the other morning. Sorry, don't mean to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. But I walked in the gym the other morning, and there was a trainer sitting on the couch. She's looking at me, and I looked down to see if I was wearing pants. I don't know. I do not remember pin pants on this one. I was wearing pants. Oh, you were. <laughs> I was wearing I, pants. I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, yeah. And then I was, I was like, arrested. I I was like, I literally have no recollection of pin pads on this one. I was like, fuck, what the pads on? <laughs> you did. Well done. <laughs> you pads. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just like, you know, I could, the, the pain of, you know, having to go out and stand in front of a group of people and talk for 45 minutes is a pain or the pain of not doing it and ending up exactly where I am in three years time is also a pain. So I have to go, well, what pain am I going to sort of choose here? Is it the pain of staying the same or the pain of just fucking going, you know what, I'm going to do what's scary and, and try and change and do more workshops and, and public events like that. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's, there's always a choice involved. And if people are just sort of choosing to stew in that state, then eventually there's going to come a point, I think where they go, you know what, I've had enough of this. It's time to change. But I think you can speed that process up if you're aware of it and yeah. make, make the choice a bit quicker. There's a couple of things I wouldn't mind bringing up about what you said there, um, just for conversation points. But one of them was, um, you know, you have two people going down the same path every single day. We all have 24 hours in the day. We all have 365 days a year. We all live on average to be about 80 years old. So if you're married to someone and you go, all right, cool. So New Year's resolution, I'm going to start eating better. I'm going to start going to the gym. Another person just keeps carrying on doing what they're doing. You get two, three years down the track, you're completely different people. You're going to end up having conflict in your relationship. This is something I talk about in my consultations. One of the first questions I ask is relationship status. Not because I want to know if they're single or married. It's because I want to know, is there, if they have a partner, are they supportive in what this person is doing? Because if they're not, they're going to have a very, very difficult time sustaining the result and sustaining the effort needed to get the desired result. Um, so yeah, the people that actually seem to get the best results are usually single. Mm. Um, they have more time. Uh, they're not worried. Like they're also probably, um, uh, intrinsically motivated, like with, um, uh, 
might be trying to dating and yeah stuff. exactly so you're trying to better yourself the opposite sex or the same sex whatever it is it's like you're trying to improve your body um, and improve your overall well-being might be just for them right and it's always different but you're trying to you got more motivation than if you're happily married and you're like cool my husband loves me when I was fat you probably still love me if I was fat with my wife or whatever it is like right so if you're gonna go down that path and you're in a relationship, make really, really clear those boundaries of what you will accept and won't accept from your partner while you're going through this phase. Because if you don't, you'll fail. Mm. Yeah, and it's just that clear communication. And it's interesting you say that because yeah, I've often asked clients that have had a big transformation, a big shift, I'm like, how is it with your partner? Are they changing at the same time? Are you on the journey together? And they'll be like, ah. Oh, yeah, you know, there was a bit of friction at some points along the way, but, you know, mostly they were supportive and it's like, well, that did help them, the fact that the partner was actually encouraging them to do it. But it can go the other way, you know, and um, I've often talked about this before where moving to Australia was one of the best things that ever happened yeah. to me. And again, moving from Melbourne to Perth because you tend to just get stuck live, serving an identity for the purpose of pleasing those around you. And so in England, I was the waiter, I was the party guy, I drank, I did whatever I could to stay away all hours. Um, More so when I moved to Melbourne, yeah. yeah, yeah. But in England, like more of just like a loose cannon that was just working, you know, I I would sleep until 11 or 12, start work at 2 p.m., work till midnight, get on the beers, and it was just like a crazy life. So, you know, it wasn't, but in order, I, so for example, up until about 18, I was always interested in nutrition and personal training, got to 20, became this personality of just drinking and, and working late with, in, uh, in restaurants and stuff. It was very hard for me to ever want to pursue personal training while I was in that state and that environment because I was just known as, yeah, Joe will come for beers, Joe will come for beers. So in order for me to change in that environment would have been very difficult. But when I came out to Australia, no one knew who I was, I could reinvent. And it's just a lot easier when you don't have to serve a certain identity. So if you've been in a relationship as a certain way for so many years and everyone in your friendship group and in your family unit knows you as being that way, the person that has the dessert, the person that has the beers on the weekend, the person that doesn't say no to social events and stuff, it can be, you've just got so much more friction when you're trying to change and you're going, no, actually, I'm going to lose the 20 kilos or whatever it is that you want to do there's just so much more friction because you have, you're kind of like trying to live up to your old ways to serve the role that you play within your community. But you also, you know, you you want to change. And so you kind of, you kind of get stuck. And so unless your partner's like, fuck it. Yeah, we're going to do it together. Or I'm going to support you on this and all your friends and stuff around you are also going to help sort of encourage you to do that. It can get really difficult. Yeah. You're, you're totally right. Mate, that's, that's pretty clear cut. Like on the extreme of that, you moved countries mm. to better your environment. It could well, be not a... to do that, but it was a, yeah. Yeah. I didn't well, go, fuck this. I'm going to be a PT to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do it on the other side of the world. <laughs> but once I got out, I realized like that's attitude. all the stuff I was interested. That's all the stuff that I wanted to be or I want to be. So it was like, I didn't have to, yeah. Yeah, I could, I could let it flourish a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes it's... What's that, what's that saying? Like, if, um, you know, a shark... I don't even know if this is true, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's something like, if you, if, if, you put a ba- if you put a baby... I don't even know if it's called a baby shark. I said the word baby shark, I think it's a song, so... You know... Da, da, da. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I'm talking about. This is the mind of someone with ADHD. It's 100% <laughs> the mind of someone. I've got a point, but I'm going to take the longest way. I'm going to take the longest possible way to get around it. Um, so if you put a... Uh, God, if you put a baby shark if you somewhere, put an infant shark, which yeah. is probably the incorrect term, in a um, in a one meter fish tank. Ah, oh, right. It will only grow to the size of that tank. You put a baby shark in a ocean; it can grow up to three to four meters. Yeah. So you will grow according to your environment. So if you don't like your environment and you don't like the decisions you're making that are also influenced by your environment fucking change your environment mm. it's like I spoke to Shayna Garcia um, who's an IFBB uh, bikini pro um, was that last 2019 I think yeah so she won a pro card in 2019 but had her on the podcast and she said during her prep to win a pro card she had to move out of her parents place and go find her own place just so she could focus on her because she was living at home and her coming from a uh, I can't remember if she was, oh God, Filipino, sorry. So Filipino household where they're very traditional with their food and very traditional on their opinion of how women should look and mm. what women should do. Um, so she said, fuck this. I'm not doing that. Not their exact words. But, <laughs> <laughs> but she was like, I'm moving, I'm moving out of home into an environment where I can create my own standards. Mm. I can create my own reasons for what I'm doing mm. and not live against someone else's beliefs. So look, if you're hanging out with your friends every weekend and you're busting your fucking ass off in the gym to try and look a certain way and get to a certain goal and then your friends are pulling you out every weekend to help them get laid because they're useless at socializing in everyday life, um, you should probably change your friend circle. And this is, this is something, a video I did uh, with, a, I actually had a conversation with one of my clients uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's about decide who you are and then be that person around everyone. Yeah, right. Instead of trying to be a different person around different like people. Like the chameleon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like you'll be a lot happier and you'll find who your true friends are when you are just yourself. Yeah, you'll just attract your tribe then and then the people that like you for you will stick around. Yeah. And it's like a lot of people go out to a club to try to find a mate, mm. right? It's like a weird way humans try to mate, right? As we go out. Where you like, can't hear each other, can't really see each other. Because <laughs> you're socially awkward and can't talk to a person face to face without alcohol. It's like, if you spent more time doing the things that set your soul on fire, that might be going for a walk along the beach, it might be going to the gym, it might be going out and helping someone in need. Mm. If you spend more time doing those things, there is a much higher chance you'll meet someone who shares similar values to you that you could potentially um, be in a relationship with, whether that's just a friendship or an intimate relationship. Mm. You've got much better chance than doing that than trying to fall into a category of what other people think is normal mm. that doesn't actually make you happy. Exactly. And if it's two people doing that in a nightclub where they're both trying to just do what's done to meet someone and it's neither of their values, it's yeah. not very likely you're going to meet someone that's on a similar wavelength to you. So. I know people go, oh, I just go out and go dance with my friends. The only reason I used to try to go out was to get laid. <laughs> that's it. Like, why else would you go out? Jesus. Why else would you stay up to three in the morning taking shots back? Like, you can't, you got to either one, really, really hate your life, or two, you're really desperate to get laid. <laughs> but it's, it's a really true um, statement. I think it was uh, Joe Dispenza that said, like, 
Um, if you're trying to find a partner, write down all the things you want in that partner and then go and become that. And 100%. that will make that will attract Fucking yes that will so attract much yes it. yeah so yeah. you become what you want in a partner and you'll attract that into your life you'll attract more of that into your life by becoming it and i was just like when i heard that i was like that's so fucking true. Yeah. And you'll find, like you just said, you go and do things that set your soul on fire, you're going to meet someone that's in a similar... Set your soul on fire. Yeah, similar mindset. Yeah, yeah doing, doing similar things, enjoys similar values as you. So, um, yeah, don't know how we got onto relationship counseling. <laughs> oh, yeah, look, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so important with your goals is understanding... Oh, the environment, change your yeah, environment. Yeah, the change yeah, environment. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you are the sort of person that likes going to the gym, likes keeping yourself physically active, you've got more chance of meeting someone who's similar. Like, don't try to date someone that's the complete opposite. Mm. You're going to have conflict. You're going to have arguments of why are you at the gym for three hours? Who were you talking to uh, compared to your partner that was mm. there with you talking to you? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. of course you're going to be, if you're a social person, you're going to be talking to other people. Mm. Like, it's an environment with people in it. You can't be a complete, like, you know, unless you're very socially awkward and try not to make eye contact with anyone. <laughs> like, it is a social environment. So, um, yeah, like, coming back to it, it is, it is very much about where your environment lies. Yeah, and um, I don't think people think enough about that. And, and that's where, and that's also where it becomes difficult to change. So, you know, I've had clients in the past where they're like, I want to, I'm... 100% committed to achieving this particular goal and I'm like well you might have to just stop having dinner with your family because you're not in control of what's going into the food it's it's just throwing everything out and it's it's not that I'm recommending that it's just like in order to get to the goal you're gonna have to just do something a bit different whereas like you know you're doing everything right but it's just like someone else is cooking all your meals for you and you're eating all these like mixed meals that you can't kind of have control of and that's just kind of maybe stuffing you up a little bit it's like um you know me and beth like i don't really we don't really eat dinner together because we've got different goals so i i'm not you're 120 kilo male yeah like, 60 kilo female so we don't eat the same food we'll go out to a restaurant for food together but i don't often sit down and cook the same food for me and her and eat the same thing because i've got I've always been in this mindset of I prepare my own food and stuff and yeah. she's got her own goals and stuff. So it's like, we just do things differently, but it doesn't affect our relationship. It's just an appreciation of we're doing different things here. So um, again, that's just where the environment could be just, you know, and you've also got to get clear on what you want more. So I'll sit down with my client and be like, look, do you love your fucking family time? Don't worry about the abs. Like that's more important. Like. Unless you really want to just go for it for three months and just see what you can do if you really push everything to the max and you really get laser focused, then you can go, well, all right, so I, I ate on my own. I had my dinner away from my family every night and I was doing this, this and this. I got the abs. I realized it didn't make me happy. I'm happier with a little bit more body fat and having dinner with my fucking family every night. And then it's like, cool, now you can just be happy there. You don't have to, you know, going back to what we were saying, like if you're happy having... Uh, dinner with your family every night and drinks on the weekend and that leaves you at 14% body fat as a male for example it's pretty fucking good yeah which is great don't panic about being sub 10% because there's a few other people on Instagram that you're following that are there because they're probably not having the same life experience as you yeah well you're eating eating dinner with your family that's snorting cocaine (laughs) (laughs) they could be there's a good chance of it right like uh, yeah sorry to throw you off (laughs) 
but it's just, again, it comes back to the client expectations, like what you're willing to commit to or what you're willing to sacrifice to achieve those things, um, you know, and not comparing yourself to other people because you're not on their journey and you're not doing the things that they're necessarily doing because that doesn't make you happy. So you've got to just find that compromise between, all right, you know, like for me, I've never been shredded because it doesn't make me happy. The minute I feel my strength deplete in the gym, I start doubting myself. I don't feel great. I start looking in the mirror and seeing a really skinny kid again. <laughs> so I'm just like, it doesn't make me happy to be super shredded because, you know, I'm not an enhanced athlete on special supplements that's going to keep my strength and be 6%. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah. just like, if I want to get super, super shredded, I'm going to have to sacrifice a bit on my, you know, my squat, my bench, and that stuff makes me happy. So I'm like, I'm happier being a bit fatter and having a stronger lift because it also means that I don't have to like track everything so anally, track everything so precisely and weigh everything because I can just kind of hover at 116 kilos and whatever percentage body fat I'm at and just be happy here, perform well, enjoy my life, and that's where I sit. So it's like I'm not looking at people that are 8% body fat going, oh, I wish I was that because... I know it doesn't make me happy if I was going to try and get there. Like, I have to give up a lot of other stuff that, yeah. that actually makes me fulfilled. So this is the other thing, right? This is the other side of it, what you're saying there. Like, you know where you're at. A lot mm. of people don't know where they're at and they assume where other people are at, which is dangerous. Yeah, they right. Don't ever assume. So a lot of people assume, they ever assume two things. Everyone's on steroids or no one's on steroids. So when you're looking through Instagram, especially that people are really strong, and I always tell any client that asks me like about performance enhancements, yes, that's something I've used or used to get to a certain level of strength or a certain level of physique or a certain level of muscle mass. Um, don't compare yourself to me. We're completely different. Like, you, you know, if I look at a goal, I would leave no stone unturned. Mm. Doesn't matter mm. what it is. Like I will go full fucking steam ahead. And that's direction. what you're prepared to do. That's to what get I'm prepared to. to. Not 99% of the population won't do that. Mm. That's okay. Mm. You don't have to be that person. Right. And coming to terms with that is okay. It's even yeah. girls and physique competitions, like, um, for bodybuilding or physique or even bikini. Right. Um, a lot of, there's, divisions and there's categories where if you do, you're not advanced don't even consider hopping like sorry if you're not enhanced don't even consider hopping on stage like mm. you just can look trash i mean maybe you want to look trash on stage up to you but most people that will push that hard aren't in it to lose mm. so they're going to leave no stone unturned yeah so don't sit there and compare yourself to someone who is most likely enhanced and if you really want i get people ask me all the time it's like, is this person using steroids i'm like ask them Mm. I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. It's not up to me to tell you. Yeah. They just ask them. Like, if someone asks me, I'll tell them. Yeah, um, because yeah, I'm yeah. honest, right? Most people are pretty honest these days. Like, yeah. um, you know, most people, especially people that have a good um, fan base or a good network um, that are quite open about their journey, they'll tell you. Um, so if you've got questions, ask them. That's yeah. really important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And on the other end of that, don't assume just because someone is fit and in shape that they're on steroids. Yeah, because that's which the other. A lot. Yeah, yeah, it's the other flip, and it's like now, nah, you know, I can take a photo on Instagram at the end of a workout with a particular angle, with my arm flexed in a certain position, which makes my delts look really swollen because I've just trained shoulders, and it could someone could look at it and go, "Oh, he's probably using because he looks so much bigger than normal." Yeah, and it's like angles can play a massive role in that so it's like you know don't assume just because someone's fit and getting stronger that they're they're always on stuff because uh, love, that's that's oh, the other cop out like oh i could too if i took that or something but it's 
Like, uh, I have um, some of the best transformations I've done in ways of results have been through without using any enhancements, right? Um, purely due to one, genetics, freakishly fucking good genetics. What, like clients or you talking? Clients, yeah, clients, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I've seen clients like that will eat more carbohydrates than me and they're half the size of me. And mm. I'm like, this is fucking cruel. Because I heard you say that in a story recently that you were only on like two six. Or, uh, or, it was for or, a short period. Or was it 3,000 3, calories? 3, yeah, that's yeah, your yeah. kind of maintenance. Yeah, yeah. So and like, I find, I'm I was like, what the fuck? can't yeah, handle that's a shitload of food. Like, I'd like to, but mm. I'd also get fat. Whereas I was, yeah. When I was, because you're what? How's your, what's your body weight? Uh, about 120. Yeah, so when I was 120, I was maintaining on like 4.2. Yeah. And I wasn't yeah. going up or down. It was just 120, 120, 120, and I was on 4,200. So I was, when I heard you say that, I was like, geez, you're like bigger than me, more muscle mass than me, and you're on like lower calories. Like this, yeah. Yeah, look. I like, just must have a different absorption rate. 100%. Yeah. So. This is where calories and working out macros is becomes individual. Mm. Like my client Shay, for example, she's a 50 kilo female. She's 3,000 calories some days. She's more that's, the same as she that's the same as me. It's fucking horseshit. Yeah. But my job as a coach is not to go, oh, this is unfair. Why do you get to eat that? Like, <laughs> those are my exact words to me. <laughs> I've seen the check in videos. I'm like, You're this like, is horseshit. Wow, it looks like we're putting your calories up again. <laughs> like, oh, God, I wish I could eat these calories. But um, yeah, look, some people can genetically hold more in ways of. Um, caloric load and stress in the body than other people can. And that might come down to not just, not, now this is a very vague term when I say genetics because again, I'm just PT. Um, but what I'm talking about, I'm talking about all the things that play a role in the body's process, whether it's from um, protein synthesis to digestion, to the way the body absorbs that nutrients, right, right down to the gut and the bio. Um, right down into the way it's then delivered into the cells for insulin sensitivity and then you know converted over to ATP and energy and the way the body is efficient at burning that energy. So there's like there's a million processes mm. involved there. So you can get ballpark figures to yes, start someone, but you have to keep adapting it as they go based yeah, off their result. We don't know that for each individual client. Yeah. So what I usually do is I like as an example is I'll get every time I get a new client, it's put them in a ten to fifteen percent deficit to their baseline see how their body responds. If they get fatter, looks like we're going down a bit. Yeah, yeah, if they yeah. get, you know, they start leaning out really quick, cool, we can start going up. Real basic stuff, mm. don't make it too complicated. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, you got a 120 kilo male that can't handle a shitload of calories, and then you got like 50 kilo female that can handle a shitload of calories. Mm. So it's like, there are two different ends of the spectrum. Most people kind of fall in the middle on average, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's opposites and extremes. Um, so yeah, I think that's important to remember too. Yeah, and that's part of the process is just getting the feedback from the person. Like if you were, you know, to take me on and you're like, all right, we're, we're starting you on 2,900 because you figured out that 3-2 was my maintenance. and Yeah. And I was like, every day, like, mate, I'm fucking starving. <laughs> like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, all right, maybe this isn't right, so let's just yeah. bump it up. We'll start on 3 Unless five. you're still fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. be like, fucking yeah. deal with it. Deal with it. <laughs> Have a coffee. Pussy. Remember that juice cleanse that you were making? <laughs> <up? laughs> Um, but yeah it's a good point like you just have to tailor it adjust get feedback from the person you're dealing with and then just go from there yeah and that's that's so so vital is the feedback Mm. I always say to people don't just go try something else without talking to me it's like there's I've got so many tools in my box I think I've spent like well over sixty thousand dollars on education uh, over my certs, on like I mean, on top of my certs, in ways of external education to learn what I know, to have the right tools to help 
most situations. Yeah. All right. So if there's something not working, I'll find a way, but it's up to you to communicate it back to me so I can help you. And you're always going to start with the most simple, like, you know what I mean? Like you're going to be like, just try this. And if that's not working, then we'll add a layer and then we'll just, you know, you're always trying to just keep it as simple and basic as possible. So there's so much more left in the tank if it's not working straight away that you can just tap into. Might be as simple as, hey, have you done any tracking of your food? Yeah. Tracking what? (laughs) <laughs> they're like okay cool let's start there so what are you currently eating oh I'm eating pretty good I'm like sweet what are you eating they're like oh so I had a muffin for breakfast Subway for lunch and then I just you know, had a bit of Macca's for dinner I'm like alright so let's just start with breakfast <laughs> we'll fix the rest later yeah. but it's literally that simple like yeah. um, you know when people say to me oh, I just can't do all this I'm like don't fucking do it all yeah. just do one Yeah. do one this week and nail that one thing like treat it like you know you fucking new relationship you just gotta fucking nail it nail the shit out of that one thing over and over again until like you nailed that and you're like yeah done now we move on to the next one else. yeah move on to the next one but it's like <laughs> and that's the thing like I've, with this eight week program I started called the kickstart it's all about that it's like so in week one we're focusing on energy balance in week or the end of week one we talk about protein and it's like week two we're going to go into steps then we're going to start looking at more whole foods but it's like adding it in layer by layer so by the end of the eight weeks you've stacked all these things so you're taking someone that's completely new to this that's just like all right all I've got to do this week is hit my calorie target fuck off protein fuck off steps fuck off the gym target all training sessions and then it's like, all right, week two, now I'm focusing on calories and protein and steps. And it's like, now I'm bringing in gym sessions. So you can layer it. I think people think that they have to do everything the most complicated way. So all right, overwhelming. Can you please yeah. give me four sessions a week, two hit sessions, I'll do my cardio and I want a full macro split. It's like, you've never tracked calories. Don't worry about macros. Yeah. Just get used to one number. Like you don't yeah. need to worry about three. And then when you're familiar with calories, then you can start thinking about protein. And one and a week later, we can start talking about your carb-fat ratios and then we can start adding it in. But like, just chill like it's all right you've got time yeah if you spend six for 30 years <laughs> if you spend six weeks figuring it out just getting all your ducks in in order ducks in a row whatever that saying is then you can start you know after the six weeks once everything's lined up and you've got the habits in and and you know you might not change one bit in terms of your measurements body weight anything but you've now laid a new foundation from where you can start building from. So, you know, I think that's something that's really important for people to understand is that the first eight weeks, if you've been a certain way for 25 years, the first eight weeks might just be you learning all the new stuff and getting it all lined up and going, okay, cool. And then from week eight onwards, it's now time to start seeing the changes. Whereas I think everyone's just like, you know, it has to happen now. Give me all the most complicated information straight up. And it's just like, yeah, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that's something that people need to realize as well. It's like, you know, if it takes you three months just to get everything in, in order, just to go, all right, well, I've, I've established a routine at the gym. I'm now walking every day. I'm now tracking calories, even if it's maintenance, just getting used to the act of tracking. And then it's like, I'm comfortable with this process now. All right, let's bring in a 20% deficit and then start the process of change. But it might take you eight weeks just to get to that point, And that's fine. Like, no one's in a rush. Like, you, and, and it's probably going to be more sustainable if you learn it all first and then start applying the... Oh, do you, know what, do you know what I can't stand is when people come and go, oh, I'm getting married in six weeks. Yeah. Can you help me? I'm like, no. Should have started I'm like, six months ago. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> six years ago. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like, when did, you get, when did you get engaged? Oh, two years ago. Yep. <laughs> 
Uh, how do you want me to help you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or it's like, so I want to well, like, I teach you how to use Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> I want to lose, you know, 15 kilos, build a heap of muscle. I want to be in the best shape possible. I've got six weeks. It's like, should have thought about that 12 months ago because yeah, it might take you six weeks just to learn the information. Like it might. So if, if Some, someone's selling you that idea that you can do those things, which a lot of marketing, oh, fucking marketing people, wait, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, marketing people try sell that onto you. Um, yeah, don't do that. And it can. You can get, you know, I've had clients come on board. They've exceeded expectation. Like I had someone recently I posted about on my profile, Lucy, and she lost, I think, 10 kilos in 10 weeks. I gave her her, her first calorie target of 2,000 calories. We didn't change it. She just ever. consistently. It was yeah. just like, wow, you're still going. Like, just keep going. And I didn't touch it for like four months, I think. And we just kept her on the same calories. And she just continued to just lose weight and yeah. lean out and get better. And I was just like, this is awesome. That was the easiest thing ever. <laughs> like, but some people, it just works. That's the majority and, most of the time. Yeah. And some people, it takes, you know, four weeks to just figure out all these new apps and tracking and this whole process and just finding time around your family commitments to go and walk and stuff and get your steps in. And then after that four weeks, then you can start sort of going, all right, well, let's up the ante a little bit now and get a bit more laser focused on what it is you're trying to achieve. And then you start seeing the results. But either way, it's, it's perfectly fine to be in either camp. As long as your like, commitment is to improve on yourself week to week and just you know, familiarize yourself with the learning process and then apply the knowledge that you're being given, it doesn't matter how long it really takes. It's just that I think that's where it comes down to enjoying the process of actually making the change rather than like being so fixated on the result that nothing's good enough until you get there. It's like, but look at all the progress you've made over the last six weeks. You've learned all this stuff. Now you know exactly how much protein you should be having, how many calories, you know, you know why steps are important, all this other information. And now you can start implementing that new information to create the results that you want. It's not all about just getting the result as quickly as possible because that information will stay with them for life. And then once someone understands the principles of what's involved to get a result, they can ad adapt that principle to suit whatever goal they want to get from that point on. Um, yeah. End, yeah. End of talk. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Mic drop. Mic drop. Mic drop that shit. That's what I love about podcasts. Like, you know, anytime, you know, for you who's listening, anytime Joe and I have done any talk, we don't actually have a plan. He usually sends me a message like, what do you think if we talk about this? I'm like, let's fucking do it. He's like, Yep. Yeah. And then he'll sit down and start recording. He's like, wait, do you want to talk about it first? I'm like, no. <laughs> let's just let's just go for it. And so, then it's on. Yeah, and then it's on. Yeah. Which so, is good. Yeah. I like I like being able to send you a message. And what I know whatever topic I say, you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it's on then. Let's go. He's just what like the yes is. man, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow. Be there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> just makes me get up and commit to shit. I'm like, Yeah, cool. yeah, no, I love it. That's that's the joy of it. Like, look. Regardless of what plan you have, action is what gets it done, right? Mm. Um, and like you said, uh, example for yourself was that you had planned to do public speaking mm. you know, for a while. and For you know, like years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally years, right? And it wasn't until you actually just went and did it. You're like, this is out of momentum. So mm. action creates momentum. There's a thing that well, people are oh, fucking hate this saying. When people say to me, you're so lucky. I'm like, you don't see me getting up five, six days a week, 4am, going to bed at 10 o'clock, hardly fucking sleeping, stress out of my mind, putting in work, you just see the smiles, laughs and fucking all that. It's like, you gotta understand how much work goes into this for me to now have the time on Friday afternoon to take half a day off. Or mm. Like, this is, this is the sort of thing that when you work, you get the rewards. 
Some people call it luck. Some people call it if you're really like, another way to look at it is if you're really highly focused and you put all your attention into one area, you have more good fortune because you're more noticeable of opportunities coming your way. That's it. If yeah. you spend your life with blinkers on, trying to get through life without fucking focusing on any one thing or without trying to, you know, upset anyone or not trying to achieve anything too big because you don't want to upset people around you who aren't achieving anything. It's like, yeah, you're going to be in a pretty shit state and probably have some pretty terrible luck. So fix your environment, fix your situation and get on to the action because that creates momentum. Yeah. And having just, um, just very quickly, just to finish this up is setting the sights bigger than you actually think is possible actually helps you see more opportunities. Oh, it's yeah. something that's changed my mindset recently. I realized that I was always setting like goals that I knew were attainable. And so you don't, I, th- I feel like, it you know, take extraordinary effort. Yeah, it doesn't take, and, and so you start shutting down to opportunities because you're not thinking, well, I don't, because you start thinking, well, I don't need that to get to my goal because it's kind of in reach anyway. Whereas if you go, you know, my goal's so big, I actually don't even know if I'm ever going to fucking get there. You just start saying yes to more stuff because you're like, all right, well, that might help me. That might help me get a bit closer. I'm so far away still. It's like, it's like the idea of, you know, um, no matter how much money you earn, if you stay broke, you'll always go out and earn more. So like when the money comes in, you reinvest it in your business, you pay for a course, you maybe put it into property, you put it into stocks, whatever it is that you're doing. So then your bank account is always back to zero. You're like, fuck, I've got to go and earn more. And so it's like creates that sense of urgency. To, yeah, the hunger yeah. again. It's like, you know, no matter if you're on 50 grand a year, 100 grand, 200 grand, 300 grand a year, if your bank account is always getting reduced back to zero because of your investments and you funneling money into different accounts and doing all this different stuff and you're, every time you open your bank, you're like, fuck, I'm back at zero. All right, let's go out and find, find more work and do more shit because I'm back to zero every fucking week. And so it just, yeah, it creates that sense of urgency and hunger and it's like the goal. If the goal is so big, you know, like I think I've seen on your Instagram or somewhere, you're like, I want to, I want to help or transform a million people. If the goal's that big, there's no time to just sit around not finding new clients or to help or, yeah. you know, or yeah. um, if someone's like, I want to train at 12 p.m. on a Sunday, you're not going to be like, oh, no, because you're like, well, I'm nowhere near fucking a million, right? Like, I'm yeah. not fucking a million, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, nowhere near... <laughs> I'm nowhere near changing a million lives right now. Yeah. So 12 o'clock Sunday, whatever, seven o'clock on a Saturday night, whatever, like I'm fucking there because my goal's so big, I have to be in order to get anywhere near to what I want to achieve. 100% man mm. I think that ties it up that's yeah. a good one that was that's long that's a good podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah good job man <laughs> alright thanks guys thanks for tuning in guys I'll drop uh, Joe's Instagram at the bottom of the um, podcast description so please give him a follow uh, I think he's trying to aim for 100k followers so keep that <laughs> I appreciate sure the big goal isn't it why not why not <laughs> yeah alright thanks guys <laughs>